for me there's this conjuring that is happening of like this is how we're going to be going forward you know the conjuring mm -hmm. the future it's like a or the relatives yes presidential portraits don't feel the same back then they were meaningful because these were your liberators these mm -hmm. were the people on the ground with us who wanted freedom for all of us Hello world, hello internet, and welcome to episode two of the Art Meets a Podcast. It's me, Paida, one of your hosts. In today's episode, we are joined by Kochelwa Mashika and Precious Moane, your other host. And we are talking to you about Zimbabwean artist Kuzanai Churai's work and the connections he makes between Africa's colonial and post-colonial history. We'll begin by putting it into context with historical African photographers like Malik Sidibe, Seji Keita, and Sunday Sore. And in keeping with um, the season's theme, we ask ourselves, are African dictators the outward expression of existential dread? Um, I think that's quite a loaded question, but hopefully throughout the course of this conversation, we can kind of come to some interesting talking points and figure that out. Let's jump into this really cool and loaded conversation. We're talking about photography and how Kuzanai Chiwirai's work looks at African dictators, mm. but then also how that relates to presidential portraiture of the 60s, 70s, 80s, mm. but then also how there's this kind of historical link to studio photography from Africa mm. through Malik Sidibe, through Sunday, sorry. Seducator. It's this and... interesting thing around, for me, how I look at it is you have, let's look at like the lens of presidential portraiture right you think mm -hmm. of Kwame Nkrumah you think of even early portraits of people like Robert Mugabe as soon as he was president or all yeah. these people Nelson Mandela um you know Patrice Lumumba the notion of portraiture of these people that represented liberation that mm -hmm. represented a sort of idealism in terms of pan-Africanism or, or, or something along those lines and then the shift in my mind of that studio or those portraits of presidents to me is meaning something completely different now you think of any public space you enter into there's that portrait of the president in the middle of the room it almost mm -hmm. feels like yeah. it's necessary for him to be there staring at you he doesn't smile you know he kind of looks menacing his mm -hmm. eyes follow you around the room mm -hmm. and when you look at those portraits now you're not feeling that same feeling of liberation mm -hmm. of of um, pride a certain well. pride, mm. yes. It just feels like this overwhelming mm. force of this individual mm. that's there with the stern look watching over you, you know, in your public mm. spaces, constantly reminding you of his presence and that sort of dictatorial mm. nature that we now associate with African presidency, mm. as opposed to that early iteration that was all of these potentials, these hopes, yeah. these feelings. Then I think of, yeah, like your Malik Sidibe's, your Seydou Keita's, your, your San Le Sorry's. Mm. It was this feeling of like the birth of Africa modern, mm. you know, like these yeah. people were doing these candidates or these portraits and studios. And, and, and something that's been said to me that I think is interesting is the idea that you walk into these spaces and these, these props, you can yeah. be there with your briefcase, your yeah. phone. Yeah. And it's about these aspirations yeah. of everything you can be yeah. in your Africanness, which is kind of like the polar opposite of these portraits of presidents that have taken this shift. Yeah, absolutely. Know? But I, I mean, yeah. I want to jump in and I'm thinking about Kitsanai now and, you know, like, not just one specific um, 
photographed like you know that uh what do you call it like body. the body you mm. know um and, and how as the total opposite like as if he wanted to to show us mm. the the behind the scenes the kind of uh, what it took for the countries or for the yes, to be liberated, to to you know. So these were the people, basically, mm. somehow kind of glorifying them that they should be getting credit as much as these presidents, right? Mm. I'm just now thinking about um, this, you know, the, the photographs of these presidents in in juxtaposition with with Kudzanai. Kudzanai is like giving us the the details, giving us the um, the people actually. Uh, doing the work mm. right um it could be that i mean obviously i'm thinking of <laughs> one particular image where um mome is holding a gun mm. right and then there's other female um mm -hmm. uh, subjects who are at the background pushing trolleys what it look really angry like it looks like it's a battle really mm. yeah so there's quite this very removing that kind of utopia you know that kind of um i suppose you know when you're going into into the studio to take images you wouldn't want to kind of like uh sure reference case. that mm -hmm. you know um so there is a taking a jab at what has been set as the presidential image you know mm. um i don't know if that makes sense but no, yeah like do. yeah because to me um, now you have me thinking about studio photography as a whole and the construction, yeah. the construction of, 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 of like somebody's image or identity or an understanding of someone and how lighting, props, all of those things become a way to build mm -hmm. an identity mm -hmm. or build a perception. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. But then also, I guess with the studio photography and also even the presidential portraits, like they were trying to build an uh, idea of like a nation. Yes. Of like what does, yeah. what do these particular nations look like? Most like a projection mm. of yeah. gentlemanliness or whatever it is. It's mm. kind of like educated um, African person through the through the um, through the pres presidential portraits. But then also, I really like the studio photography of Malik Sidibe, and yes. because it's like it's so. It's like regular people just doing yeah. regular things, mm. doing their everyday things. And even though it was in this very like political moment and like high climate, you don't really get a sense of that from the photos. Um, they just kind of, some of them are kind of like really jovial. And even the way that people choose to like pose and like what they choose to wear, um, it's like a kind of a different sense of what was happening politically in outside the studio basically yeah i mean the the malik uh for me i mean photographs uh, malik sidibe is is it was the time when people were taking charge of of their um self-determining yes you know mm -hmm. like self-fashioning and <clears throat> because remember this is the period after um you know, like colonialism, at least in, in the other parts of, of the continent. Mm -hmm. um, and the, their introduction to photography was, was the ID, mm. right? the identification, or what we call in South Africa, the Dompas. So that was 
you know, so we're coming from that history of mm. photography where we were coerced into posing, mm -hmm. you know. And now here, this is an opportunity to reimagine myself as, as this person um, who's educated, um, <laughs> stylish and all that, right? So there's that, like you were saying, um, like they chose the, 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 the you know, the clothes mm. they wore. Um, they choose to wear those. They choose how they want to be captured, seen, to yeah. be seen. Um, in a way that, for me, there's this conjuring that is happening of like, this is how we're going to be going forward. You know, they're conjuring mm -hmm. the future. It's like a or the realities. Of, yes. Of all the possibilities, all the potential. They're not currently living in because... Mm. It looks beautiful. It looks happy. They, you know, like you really want to be those people because they're very stylish. Yeah. But also yeah. outside the studio, there was chaos. There was mess. There was, you know, there was all sorts of violence. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. But the studio became... It becomes like this portal. Portal. <clears throat> it Absolutely. becomes this portal into yeah. like a projected safe space, mm -hmm. you know. And I think suddenly there was a value in not just the studio but the photographer as almost being mm. the the what would you call yeah that person who is not necessarily a gatekeeper but like is that guy who gets to the interlocutor if you mm. will you mm. know mm -hmm. between the individual and making manifest the imagined yeah. self or the potential future self mm. and i think portrait photography on the continent has taken this really interesting shift because i was thinking about what you were just saying now of like the role that these studios or these photographs took at that time and now looking forward now and how do we think about studio photography, you mm. know? Mm. And I don't think we see it the same way um, as we would have then. Mm. Right, because you mean like it's not about the kind of creating a moment? Like we've already, yeah. we've already created we've a it. moment, yeah. we've done yeah. it. We're here now, so, in yeah. that moment, so what are we doing with studio yeah. photography? Hence saying presidential portraits don't feel the same. Back then they were meaningful because yeah. these were your liberators, mm. these mm -hmm. were... The people on the ground with us who wanted freedom for all of us but now those same portraits that were meaningful in that way over time have become have you ever seen i don't know if you have it here but in malawi we have these calendars that you can get super super cheap yeah. probably made in china and it's every dictator like african dictators it's an african <laughs> dictator's calendar yeah so you have you know idi amin etc and it's just like this interesting thing <laughs> that you would buy and put in your home yeah. as your calendar to showcase history of the african dictator yeah. which i think is such a a weirdly dark thing to kind of like go, go oh usually do like these candles and it's like animals every mm. month but it's like no african dictators but the, and they, are, they but also yeah. act as identity like um documentation mm. right like right now i mean mm -hmm. we're talking about dictatorship i'm thinking what comes to mind right now is they are intrusive but then you have to have them so that you can be safe, right? Mm -hmm. um, you know, like, I'm just... I mean, I, we don't have that at least in a kind of how it's played out in the other countries, in, in, you know, here in South Africa. I don't necessarily have to have whoever is the current president. Uh, but I just feel like in, in, in some cases, like in other countries, that make me... Zim, you would have Mugabe, even though you don't believe yeah. in, in, in Mugabe, but just to... To be safe, right? Mm. As a business. Yeah, as a business, but also just to make sure that your family, you know, can, you know, uh, you can support your family. 
Mm. Um, so it's no longer now like an admi- uh, admiring this person or believing in the vision that they, they said, you know, they claim or they proclaim mm-hmm. um, to create for, for the country. But it's just like it becomes, um, yeah, like so that you, you don't fall out with the with the with the leading uh with the doctrine yeah just a just a quick thought came up about how we look at these dictators because i was just thinking about like in south africa right Mm. you had like um the apartheid governments you had like favut and like you know Mm. and whatever Mm. but like why aren't they seen as like like they were dictators in a particular way but Mm. like for some reason Mm. they're not in that same category of like Mm. you wouldn't i don't know like if you put a portrait of like um, all the other dictators in Africa who are black, or who became dictators, mm. and then you put them next to like all these white mm. pres- presidents yeah. in South Africa. Like it's they, there's like a way that they're spoken about very differently. Mm. And well, I, see, I think it depends on who you ask. Why? Yeah, I think that totally depends on who you ask because I'm sure. I mean, look, I'm not South African, so I'm not going to speak for people. But like in my mind, if I saw a picture of like the clerk of a foot, I would feel like that's a dictator as yeah. a black body. I would look at that and not see, mm-hmm. do you know what I mean? And I also then think in that same breath, I could look at portraits of post-apartheid presidents and feel that same way because they don't represent change. They were mm-hmm. supposed to, mm-hmm. but they have potentially mm-hmm. disappointed me. Mm-hmm. And so they dictate in a different way. And I think mm-hmm. that's the interesting, because anyone you ask, it's always about perspective. There's people in Malawi who miss Kamuzubanda. Mm. You know, they're like, things were better under Kamuzu. And people will tell you the polar opposite. I think it's purely about perspective, but I do think it's a nuance in relation to how you feel about the way that country is running, like, in relation to you as an individual. Right. You know what I mean? So, like, white bodies could look at Fofun and whoever and go, Ish, good old days. Yeah. And be looking at your Tabombekis and your Amaposas and going, Ish, yeah, hey. It just depends mm. on your perspective. Mm. Because, yeah. And mm. I, yeah, like I can look at a portrait of someone and go, oh, yeah, good old days, but I might not have even been born. So to me, I'm like, just based on what I'm hearing, that person wasn't a dictator or based on my knowledge. So I think, yeah, if you line them up, different people will give you different opinions based on you when know, where born. in the timeline they mm. sit and where economically, politically, they benefited or didn't benefit right. from that. But isn't also because that period of uh, the appetite, it's already, um, what's the word? I mean, it's already declared evil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's so, then we cannot put them in the same bracket as all. as, as you know, the African dictators, because mm. we're already, um, what's the word that I'm looking for? Um, I mean, the, the, okay, now English has <laughs> left me, but we're really like, it's, we're really cancelled and then, you know, just to put it yeah. lightly, I don't know. What that whole era, like there was yeah, a lot of history. With there's no like, redeeming yeah, feature. Yeah. Yeah. This judgment has already, um, you know, yeah. been given when it comes to that history. So therefore, obviously, we're not gonna put uh, Declerc and Offerud in the same um, um, platform with with Mugabe, right? Yeah. Um, I don't know. That that's just my thinking because I feel like that has already been um, 
tainted. We know mm. those were bad people, but these there was a potential of them becoming better. But they, they, mm. you know, they succumb to 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 the snares of the power and 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 everything else, you know. Right. So we still have to identify. We still have to discuss. Was Mugabe really, you know, uh, because there's a lot of um, factors involved here, you know. Yeah. There's the Western media, there's the Western uh, presence that's still very much um, part of how they get, yes, how their stories get know, told. And, yes, mm, how they get told, that. but also administratively, what if they're still part of being the um, liberation? president this part of being you know um part of that is still attached to colonialism mm. you know the colonial administrator so mm. i feel like with with the african the kind of um yeah the detectors or the the, the but then is it a kind of the the people that we're calling the di- african dictators and we can talk about mugabe like mm. is it because they're coming from a colonial state and obviously they they had to like you know do the whole liberation movement and whatever mm. but then do they get this attachment of a dictator as a kind of backlash because they were fighting a specific kind of colonialism especially coming from like a western like media perspective yeah i i would like to believe so i would like to believe that um because the worst of want to like absolve them of their own things yeah like... yeah and i'm not saying the the they were good or but i'm just saying that us if we're to like now dig deeper into how they run the country and what was the country before then you know before they took over i mean i don't think british um or britain would just like leave the country and completely say okay you are in charge that i don't think i mean they introduce systems like the imf is also involved right yeah um so there's a lot of details that we're not basically um taking into account of how they do that shift absolutely from liberation absolutely to you know dictate because dictator. at the moment i don't see how britain would completely give reign over you know the, the 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 they are colonies you yeah. know i mean we still have a we're still talking about french i mean is it france mm-hmm. that's france. still very much present in in, in, in west africa yeah. Um, yeah do you understand so we're still talking about colonial that's still existing even now in mm-hmm. 2021 so i don't think that mm-hmm. britain completely gave um you know, completely left Britain. I mean, sorry, Zimbabwe or even South Africa. I think they're still we're still attached to them, yeah, somehow or the other. And maybe Mugabe revolting against those rules or those policies. Um, then you know, um, this is just, just one percent yeah, of a larger. larger yeah, well, I was just then thinking about like. Um, you know that one photograph or that one image by Kutsunai where mm. he's walking with that white lady? Uh, yeah. Not Kutsunai himself, but in that one yeah. work. Um, that yeah. one. Mm. This idea of still being connected to yeah. the colony in yeah. some way. You know, you yeah. think of the attire that they're wearing. Um, all of it to me just is reminiscent of 
connection to mm. empire, mm. right? And how, in a lot of ways, we're connected to it and we're looking at archive, we're looking at perception. Because I think, for me, Kudzina as an artist has made a shift from this idea of perception in these images to now like exploring our understandings of the archive and, and, and what is historically these dynamics and these relationships. Um, and I think that's interesting because when you were saying earlier that our perception is based on like a Western lens of why are people dictators mm. and all of that, also history is constantly shifting. In 20 years time, someone might have a completely different angle on Mugabe, mm. on Nelson Mandela, yeah. on... Mandela. on anybody yeah. like we're constantly revisiting our understanding of either our liberation leaders or the what you'd like to call the puppet presidents who are just there mm. to be facilitators for you know mm. yeah proxy presidents for mm. you know gold rushes and yeah. all sorts of other things that the west has investment in and i think artists too will constantly reflect or think through those things. So there's this amazing work by uh, by Maurice Mbikai where he has um, one bust of Patrice Lumumba and mm. another bust of, who was that again? Mabutu Seseseko. Mabutu Seseseko. Mm -hmm. These two busts opposite each other. I think they were part of Still Here Chapter 2. Mm. But then opposite that is this video work that explains the West's involvement in the assassination yeah. of Patrice. Yeah. So it's Mm. these things keep shifting and changing because at the time I'm sure it was a different type of history mm. yeah but I think only recently did America Re release those files release those files and, and like, admit their involvement yeah. in that so it wasn't just the Belgian so it's mm. I think history will constantly shift and artists will constantly reflect on that shift mm. you know mm. what I mean mm. and obviously the Kudz and I is our focus here but I do think there's a lot of artists who either like your Malik Sidibes and your Sanlei Saris and your Seydou Keita's are perfectly like an archival moment of the time then you have those artists that go let's actually question this let's actually do some mm. research let's actually mm. look into these structures that allow these mm. worlds that we currently live in now to exist which to mm. me is so different to that hope and that expectation that was happening in the 60s 70s 80s this feeling mm. of there's so much hope and now it's like Guys, where did the mm. hope go? Because these times we're living in <laughs> yeah. a suspect. Yeah. But then, and yeah. let's reflect on how we got here, mm. you know. But just even add to your point, like I also think about like these presidents as individuals, like a, aside mm -hmm. from them being liberation people or whatever, like who were they as individuals? Yeah. Like were they just generally narcissists to begin with? Mm. Did they yeah. grow up in a society, mm. in a, a, the, the, the living under colonial rule mm. somehow like... Mm socialize nurture, them yeah. nurture their like kind of psychopathic mm. tendencies like Mobutu Seseko who was like crazy batshit crazy but uh, I mean um, what a, going back to Kutsanai um I really like the the the, the women presence you know the mm. woman being the kind of protagonist right and and, and the story that um he's trying to tell um and again, I mean, you know, having sort of curated his show um, or assisting Azu to curate his show and just reading a bit more about where this concept, uh, you know, like these images emanate from and the fact that he was questioning the whole notion of, um, you know, the liberation movement, mm -hmm. especially in the continent and that where are the women? 
because Absolutely. we don't believe that they were home. I mean, the likes of, of Winnie Mandela. Mm. Yeah. Um, Even the women who fought in like Zimbabwe's yeah. liberation. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, where where were the women? Why we when we now celebrate this moment we are in, we're uh, but we're forgetting the people who actually been doing the work. Hence, I think the even though the imagery are kind of like violent, um, or they depict violence, but the 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 I think he's probably trying to say no actually women were at the forefront of this mm-hmm. war against colonialism right um and and that's what makes it so incredible because even the the portrait now of the <laughs> of the president in this um fiction mm-hmm. he it's it's a woman you know even with the with the uh, the last the supper, last supper. The last supper. Uh, you know, it's mm-hmm. a woman, you know. Um, so it's, I mean, again, just putting that, um, imagining that next to the, mm. the current, you know, the the presidents. But do you think? Um, do you think like even with the women in his photographs, do you think like they are also dictators? Like do they embody, um, I don't know, like the same. Maybe like do they embody both the li- the liberator, but then also the dictator. Because I, I don't think he... There isn't, like, a narrative. Like, there isn't, like, mm. a, you know... I... See, I wonder, in the sense that, like, the way in which portraiture is used now compared to then... Because, like, we're looking at these images of, of that Malik took, etc., and we're saying, oh, look at all that hope. I don't know if they were thinking hope. They were just like, this is what we're doing. This is just every day. We're documenting life. But yeah. we've, we've, like, looked upon it and gone, so much potential yes. here. Yes. Because we are on the other side of that. We're in the dystopia looking back going, mm. oh, you know, Pan-Africanism, Fistack, we could have been. Mm. Right? But we aren't. And then... I think now because we are so much more in tune with the power of the image as being very subjective, Mm. I think in relation to your question about Akuts and I and and these women potentially being dictators, I I, I kind of don't think that's the case. I think it's it's doing that exact same work of what could have been. It's speculating Mm. more Mm. so, I think, than Mm. warning us or being a foreshadowing. I think it's... It's asking us to question history. Mm. I think it's asking us to question our archives. Yes, absolutely. As opposed to giving us answers. Mm. Mm. Yeah, like that's that's the kind mm. of impression that I gave mm. is that back then people were just making. And we, with our hindsight, are kind of seeing something and we've called it a moment mm. and we've decided on that. But I think because now we're so full of all of this stuff, we, yeah, I think, yeah, I don't know. In my opinion, I think it's nice just kind of Posing a speculative question. Mm, absolutely. If it's, yeah, yeah. Because even with 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 the with the sorry Sandler's, um, you know, um, for me it was, it was just because the or there is a visual archive, right, of mm-hmm. of black people. Yeah. But then it has always been through the ethnographic lens, right? Mm. Um. So the sorry sorry Sandler, the Malik Sidibes what they were doing, they were presenting another, like, we are people. We mm-hmm. also have aspiration, also have dreams. So it was a kind of counter what was already circulating, mm-hmm. yeah. right? Um, and you're right, Prish, I, 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 I agree with you that Kutanai is also just putting a spin into the record, like, okay, yes. this is what is 
currently at the official records. But what about this aspect, you know, um, just to kind of pull a thread on saying there could be a, a possibility that women, um, I mean, your question also is not wrong. Mm -hmm. uh, it could be that. What if also women have a potential hey, of listen, becoming dictators? But also, I'm just wondering. Right. I'm just. Yeah. I'm just thinking about what. Is, what is our definition of of um, dictatorship? Dictatorship. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because because then it goes back to like, is it the Western idea of dictatorship? Is it an idea coming from us? Yeah. Because yeah. it is, it is just about power. Like in power, it can mm. be genderless. Yeah. Like I also think about um, just a tidbit. Like there was this story about Grace Mugabe as well when she. So uh, actually, there's there's an article by Panache Chigumazu who wrote about the differences between Grace Mugabe and Sally Mugabe as well mm. as women who were married to Mugabe and mm. how they were sort of quote-unquote like reining him in mm. or trying to rein him in mm. but i think when the whole power struggle happened and happened in 2017 like i think the fact that they didn't want grace mugabe to be president i think that was a gender thing like yes i mean I, i'm obviously i'm not saying like grace mugabe, mugabe should have been president but i think it was just a gender thing i think they were like we cannot be ruled by this woman mm. even though grace had kind of done her her own like scheming and plotting and whatever um but I think part of that was just like absolutely not. Mm. We don't want this. Don't want this woman. Yeah. Yeah. For me, I think the the the. It's interesting with with Kuts and I because. It's a studio photographs, you know, mm. but he's also creating, um, like some sort of a location Seems within games. them. Yeah. yeah right. Because it's unlike with um. Sorry, Sanle or Malik Sidibe. I'm sorry, I keep mentioning these two. <laughs> and there's a lot of photographers. Um, and with them, you could just, it's it, you could tell. It's just like um, plain. But with Kutsana, he really kind of taken the studio photography concept a bit further, mm. right? Um, because they look cinematic. They, they're not just like, okay, That's somebody true, yeah. is yeah. posing. You could even identify, okay, it's in the garden, you know. Um, and also it's very a, narrative. Yeah, heavy. yeah, absolutely. So I don't want to say he's also just like taking a jab into, no, I think he is just like admiring, you know, the ones who came before him, but also just like. Building who, on top of yeah. that. Yeah using what is current and yes. it was about the technology as mm. well right because yes. obviously the technology mm. has shifted so much from then until now and he's choosing of... his his subjects you yeah. know unlike the malik malik mm. is just sitting in the studio that people just come like hey i want this in want this, this way yeah. <laughs> you know and like good. okay i got the camera i got, I got the good. props let's do this you know um so you the question of agency then for me becomes mm. Uh, important, you know, if yeah. in, in you know, like um, even, if you're thinking about both, um, yeah. even like Samuel Fosso, he was also. I was doing... just about to say mm. Samuel Fosso. Uh, Get out of my head. Beat you to it. <laughs> <laughs> but he was obviously, you know, he was in the studio doing it himself. Like he mm. was playing and yes. like putting on mm. these clothes and, and trying like on commenting these different identities on our history. and like yeah, mm. commenting on our history. Mm. He also has a series of like presidential portraiture. Mm. Um, yeah. Which is like super super interesting. 
So with with I, I mean obviously here with um, Kutsunai, he is driving the narrative, right? Mm-hmm. He's the director. He's the one who tells how to pose what whatever. But then with with um, I suppose, but also with Samuel Fosu, it's different in a sense because he is the subject, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so he already knows what he's expecting to see. But with the sunless, so, um, sunless, sorry, with sorry, sunless, sunless, sorry, sunless, sorry. <laughs> um, people are just telling him like this is what we want, you know. Um, so there's that sense of agency, um, in in those um, uh, photographs. Mm. I don't know what you guys think. So but... what do you guys think the photographs tell us about existential dread in Africa? But I want to bring in... Are we talking about um, Samuel Foso here? Um, generally? I mean, I guess it's what we've talked about yeah. with everyone in Kudzanai's work, maybe in Samuel Foso and, and Malik and Sunday. Like, these dictate... Like, are the, like, the initial question was, are African dictators the outward expression of existential dread? Mm. In, from this continent. <sighs> It's a loaded question. It's a loaded question, but I, I look. I'm thinking about this idea of when we look at African presidents now, we feel differently to when we looked at the like the first presidents post colonialism, the first presidents, or the people who led us into liberation in different nations. We look differently upon them than we do current African presidents, right? And I don't speak. I don't want to be general, or I don't want to generalize all African presidents, but um, you know. We do. We look at them differently. Like, as soon as someone's president, you really like the same way you would for a Joe Biden in America, right? Like, mm. you're wanting to see if they stuck to the thing they said they were going to do. Mm-hmm. Nobody's like, except for like an Obama moment, which we very quickly forgot about, of like, you know, we can, yes, we can, and mm. all of this feeling of hope. I think we've done mm-hmm. that with most presidents world over. We were just kind of skeptical first mm-hmm. before we're ever excited by their policies or whatever they ran on as a platform. We're always waiting for that other shoe to drop of. Okay, when are we going to start hearing about money being gone? When are we going to start hearing about tenders being given to friends? Wow. It's So are they the outward expression of existential dread? Maybe, in the sense that we don't have that same feeling about African presidents as our parents did, or as we read or yeah, see about, about the ones that liberated or were part of a liberation movement in their respective nations. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And mm. so maybe then we are going, well, what's the point? You know, we're not out here looking at, at, at an African president going, oh my gosh, I'm so excited to go to the polls and go vote. We're going, eh, better the devil you know. I'll vote for that guy because he doesn't seem as crap <laughs> as that guy. As opposed to, yeah, I really want to get involved in change and politics and doing whatever. And this is the guy to do it. Mm. And I, I, like I said, I don't want to generalize and speak for every African nation. But um, I think that's like a... Yeah, what about I think world guy? over, let's say, that's a general feeling about yeah, yeah. leadership. Yeah, you know, I mean, in South Africa, even though officially we don't have a dictator, but we've been under dictatorship. Because mm. now I'm thinking about, for us, it's not just one person. We cannot say, <laughs> name a president, but yeah. we can name a, a political few. party. Yes. Right. So it so doesn't if, have to be an individual. So for us, it... it and now, I mean, it just got me thinking that, no, we actually been under a dictatorship. It's just that for us, 
it's playing out differently than it has in you know in the continent yeah Mm. um because you get to see different presidents or you get to be under um the country it's led by different people but they come from one political party, party you know and now personally my you know my or my feelings towards the 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 the, the part is just like ugh, it's like nah. you know <laughs> um i have completely no hope so yeah no i mean hope. you know i, well, I, I think that like, sounds existential to that's me not exactly no yeah hope. there's no hope um with, that with this particular with this particular but also even if you're looking at other um you know oppositional um parties it's just like mm. i have no hope in in them either well, there hasn't it's... been a person maybe that person's not yet born you know like there hasn't mm. been a political party that who brings up the same kind Absolutely. of liberatory because this is that. this is uh we're dealing with with uh and this is my question is that I don't know with other countries um, if if our presidents the, were trained or they got some sort of training in like in in being administrators of the country mm. because I feel like they were good in in um, being liberation, but like yeah, the transition from being a know, liberation party even to planning to defiance campaigns yeah. against the, the the colonial um administrator, you yeah. know, just being defiant and and um fighting against that system i mean the system is very much not the system but maybe the people because the system will, it still exists um so the question is what <laughs> i don't know like what what training could these guys have got but i think it's like super in Tula, south africa something that i also think about was the fact that like after 94 they didn't get like when mandela became mm. president they didn't get rid of the bureaucracy or that the administrative no, body yeah the, the, the administrative body of the country mm. which still remained like mm. white and africans yeah. so that's it but that was an interesting um thing to think about but i guess also just in terms of this kind of the figure that you're talking about the person i think about now is the guy from uganda bobby wine i don't know mm, if that's bobby wine. Yeah, yeah bobby wine like i feel like he has sort of embodied what maybe a contemporary version mm, of that is mm. um just looking at how people have especially like young people have like really stood with him mm. throughout the, his whole process of like mm. becoming a politician yeah. and then trying to get elected mm. but also how the old guard mm. so then he's yeah um, government has really like shut him down in so many ways you know i think in south africa particularly there is a lot of inferiority complex that very much it's you know exists within the the black leadership interesting um and for me (laughs) and for me that was the it came to I came to see that um, just last year, COVID, you know, like, you know, just immediately when the, the, the president um, implemented the lockdown. Uh, the lockdown. Um, In what ways did it come out for you? You know, it's not something that he said specifically that I could say for me, it really, it dawned on me like, shit. I'm sorry. It's fine. <laughs> We're a swearing podcast. Yeah. I think cuss words are fine. Yeah. I'm like, oh my God. 
you know, because at that time we we're all involved in in the like in what way not there was nothing specific it was just something that just i was looking at the regulations that we implemented right right and i was like i was thinking about them and i'm like wow south africa is interesting because south africa is um founded on the master and and slave kind of slave dynamic you know Mm. Um, yeah. Maybe not slave um, or sl- slave in the sense of American slavery, yeah. right? But that master um, and and slave in the sense that we were always servants to 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 the white, um, right? To the white people, white co- um, population, and and I was looking at at this, and this is very biased, of course. But I was looking at the regulations that we implemented. Nothing about them that was putting us as the black community. Yes, the president kept on saying that. Um, he, you, you mean know, like co- even the fact that they COVID was like... exacerbated the, the the kind of poverty? It just brought us, you know, like people, you know, could see mm-hmm. that, you know, the country, mm-hmm. which is the ma- the majority, is actually living in poverty, right? Yeah. They lost their jobs. Um, there was no safety nets for you know, of black kids were hungry, mm-hmm. all of that. Yeah. But also the policies or the regulations, rather, how they were uh, implemented, they were not to serve us. They were not to elevate, you yeah. know, um, that kind of even the stress or, or, or attention. Yeah. It was just for the white people. Like, honestly, white people were still comfortable living, I guess. Because also one of the things was also the immediate implementation of like the army and the police. Exactly. And like very heavy forces exactly. and very clearly exactly. only black neighborhoods yeah. Yeah. and yeah. not in the suburbs. Um, and and how the, the, the what do you call them? You know, the, the workforce that normally does cleaning, you know, your, your, your cashiers. Um, you know, just people who, yes, they became essential, right? Mm -hmm. But the question is, those people were exposed in in getting infected Mm -hmm. and they're going back to the township. They're going back to the locations where it's very um, congested. Mm -hmm. Social distancing does not make sense if you're living in a shack. Yeah. You know. So the, those things for me, when she was, when he was speaking, and I could feel that he's he's very insecure. You know, when somebody's just like, I don't know what to do. But there was this air about him that just does not arise from the fact that this is a new virus, this is a new challenge that we don't know how to deal with it. It's understandable. But there was also a sense of, yeah, like there's this forms of anti-blackness that exist within us as black people and i feel like our leadership really much embodies those because as you said when mandela came in nothing changed systematically you know um the policies Mm. the they remain the same you know anyway this is basically off topic but Mm. Yeah, like I think in South Africa, it's very interesting in the sense that now that we're talking about this um, topic on, on dictatorship, that for us, it, 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 
it reveals itself differently. Maybe it's a contemporary. Mm. That's so true. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's like, it's, yeah. It's, it's like really, internalized yeah. anti-blackness yes. is a form of dictatorship, yes. but it's internalized and it's kind of yes. veiled. It's yes. like neoliberal, yeah. like, I don't know. Yeah, no. You know? Um, yeah. You know, I was just thinking, sorry, it's, like, it's, it's off topic, but not. I think as a conversation... It's a it's a loaded and a difficult question to answer because then I think what it says to me is you can't talk about art without talking about politics. You can't talk about politics mm. without talking about blackness. You can't talk about all of that without talking about like whiteness and the colonial complex. And I start thinking of artists who aren't being so pointed like Kutsanai in terms of blatantly talking about African leadership or dictatorship or, or liberation struggle, but who talk about all those things that become impacted by it. Right? So I was thinking now of like Ulumi, Ulumi Sorkunta, mm. and her work, or Onyis Martin and his, um, those ink portraits that had like the visa stamps on them. Yeah. And this yeah. idea, like he's mm. talking about mm. what African dictatorship looks like now, and mm. it is xenophobia, mm. you know, it is thinking about alcoholism, mm. it is, mm. I think this African dictators as like the embodiment of existential dread, sure, but artists responding to that is it's difficult to like to me the answer to that is it's difficult to be an african artist and not find ways to have politics permeate your work mm, yeah you know what i mean yeah. you mean either as you produce it or as yeah. people look at it exactly like there's a lot of artists who are talking about the impact of african dictatorship without talking about that specifically mm. mm-hmm. but it is through how we cannot navigate our borders it is through right. the extremities and poverty it mm-hmm. is through all of those things that are like touching on it because like because now we've picked because he's such a an almost like literal mirror yeah. of this very thing. But I was just thinking now as you were talking, I'm like, there's so many artists who are touching on this without saying it. But I think it reflects yeah. back on our leaders and how we feel failed by them. Mm. And so they, they talk about it in their work. So is it the African leaders? Is it just politics? Is it the current state of affairs? But I do think there's this feeling of existential dread generally. Yeah. And maybe yeah. we can tie it back to our leaders which is like a bigger conversation around our politics. You know what I mean? Mm. Yeah. Because other people don't have the luxury of blatantly pointing out a leader to say, this guy sucks. Mm. But they kind of make work <laughs> around, my country has these struggles. Yeah. You can tie that back into the politics of my country or the politics of the continent or whatever the case may be. Because I think that's, it's, it's hard to do that. Like I'm thinking of Bobby Wine. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. When you get to a point where a musician has to say I'm gonna run for president. Yeah. A lot is wrong. But having said that, there isn't a manual on how to be a good president. Mm. Like nobody you know what I mean? Mm. It is. It's like yeah. your liberation leaders shouldn't necessarily be the people running your country. Mm. True. You know, they help mm. you get out of a situation, but then let's elect so many administrators. Else. Let's let's, yeah. let's elect mathematicians. Let's elect <laughs> like people who understand <clears throat> how systems operate to do that work. I don't know. That's that's my my two cents. But I was just thinking about that idea of like. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I I. I think about these things and they heavy because it's just like God. I mean, there's in you know like internalized um, anti-blackness. It's not even just our leaders, but also us as as the Leonard community, Leonard Black community. Mm. You know, you see these things. Um, and it's just like, oh my God, we are fucked up. <laughs> we need healing. <laughs> and and the question is, 
yeah how do you i don't know i i think if if the if the our leaders don't even realize that then for me it's like we are in a deep 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 shit because we in the and we in a hole yeah and that's where that we still even us even this even our generation is still gonna perpetuate the same so that was quite the episode um i think it was quite intense as i think all things dealing with dread and politics would be so yeah we got through that i don't know if we came out with any answers but it was a good conversation yeah definitely i feel like there were no i mean there were no solid answers but it's hard to come up with solid answers for something like this but i think it's a pretty interesting place to to start and to think about existential dread especially this question of like do african dictators embody that existential dread um yeah i hope we can talk about this more at some point um it was like super interesting uh thank you to kokelo mashika for joining us in the episode she is always such a beautiful insight into all things photographic 